Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Agency Growth Mastermind. And today I'm with Jennifer Zick of Authentic Brand. How are you doing, Jennifer? Hey, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Tim. Absolutely. We're excited to talk about how to build a community and expand your network with the right people. And uh, Jennifer, give give us the little case study version. I know Authentic Brand has built your own community. Um, you guys, it's around integrators. Why did you guys choose integrators as the group that you wanted to go after for your community? Yeah, that's a it's a fun story, Tim. And it goes all the way back to when I first started this business nearly five years ago. It was 2017, me at my kitchen table building my VTO, which those who use the entrepreneurial operating system recognize as a vision traction organizer, right? Or a two-page business plan. So I had worked in another company that used EOS. I saw the power of that kind of a framework and I started my business day one with that same operating system. And I knew that I would grow faster, better if I met other business leaders who were building their business in the same way. So I committed to EOS. I started attending their national conference every year, loved meeting with other visionaries and integrators and learning from how they've built their business. And then I would come back to Minneapolis, which is such a rich EOS community, so well-established. And I thought, I wish I knew who the other visionaries and integrators were in this community so we could be growing together and getting to know one another. Um, and my company, which is a small company, serves other small businesses, many of whom run on EOS. Um, so of course it behooves us to build relationships with those businesses. So several years ago, I started asking the question, how do I bring together other leaders who are running their business like we are so we can grow together as a community? And that didn't exist regionally. So I asked my friends, the EOS implementers, the visionaries within EOS businesses who are our clients, hey, if Authentic Brand were to create an event, what would be valuable? And what I heard time and time again was that visionaries already had a lot of forums they could plug into, whether it be EO or Vistage, which I belong to, um, but integrators didn't have a community. They sit in such a unique role and they're under so much pressure in that role and it would be super valuable for them to know one another and share stories and experience, but they didn't have a community. So I thought, well, there's the white space. We can do that. We can create a format to bring integrators together. So that was the backstory. Um, and I'm happy to, to continue sharing with you where we've gone since yeah. then, because it's been a whirlwind. Well, you, you mentioned kind of before we started that this is really part of casting a wider net and spreading seeds that will grow into real opportunities. And yeah. I kind of want to note here, this isn't your, it's like not a direct business development plan. You're not making this community to suddenly pitch them. No. You're building trust and you're creating yeah. this long-term value proposition. How do you, I mean, to be honest, it's a healthy organization that has time to do long-term community building. So how do you kind of put yourself in that mind space when a lot of leaders are just stuck in this where are the leads mindset and they're kind of um, on that treadmill totally. instead of kind of zooming out and, and worrying about tomorrow and next year's leads. Oh my goodness. This is a conversation we have with all of our clients. We're in the business, authentic brand. What we do is provide fractional CMO leadership for growing businesses, right? So our clients are usually between five and 50 million in annual revenue. They're the businesses that are established and growing and 
most of our conversations start with this sense of urgency, like it's time to scale, we need more leads. Um, and they've never had a strategic marketing leader. We're usually the first person in that seat. So these are conversations we have every day. So in starting my own business, I would say I have the advantage of having helped to build an entrepreneurial business in the past and lead an agency within that business. And also being a marketer myself, I have, I, I am the head of sales at Authentic Brand but I have a marketer's mindset. So I have both sides of that brain that are constantly challenging me to close deals now, win business now, based on what's in the pipe and what's active and constantly plant seeds for a future harvest. And in a B2B high trust selling world, that means we better be planting seeds now that are new business two years from now, right? Because it takes time to build trust and convert that trust into new business. So and truly when I first started this community, it was a little bit of, I want this community for me to help me grow as a leader. That's valuable to me. And I want to serve my community well by giving them something they don't already have. Um, at the time, we had planned it as an in-person event here at our office. The first meeting was scheduled for April last year. And we had like 20, 30 registrants, right? We were going to get this little group yeah. together of business leaders and share experiences. And then COVID put a kibosh on that. We pushed pause. And then me being the activator personality I am, I'm like, we're not just going to sit on this. We're going to do it. We made it a virtual event format. And that was about a year and a half ago. And it went viral. Like I knew we were onto something because I had done the research and the listening. I'm like, this is white space. A community like this does not exist. Um, but today, a year and a half later, we've now had almost 950 integrators from around the country, almost every state in the US and 11 other countries have joined Amazing. our yeah have joined our monthly forum in this interactive very connected um, community of integrators who are learning and sharing and growing together and we've created this infrastructure that serves them well and we do no pitching in fact we hardly talk about authentic brand that's the fun it's the integrator community it has its own brand we happen to be the hosts we're almost like an association management company right we host the stuff I host everybody they know who I am. But what this does is it plants these seeds of trusts with hundreds of executives. Imagine me trying to cold call all those people and get access huh. to the matters. That would have never happened. But I was yeah. able to offer them something of like actual value they didn't otherwise have. And now as a consequence, they trust me as a human. They're aware of authentic brand. Every month they're learning a little bit about what authentic brand does without a pitch. So what do you think will happen three, six, nine months from now when those companies recognize they have a marketing leadership gap. You know, hopefully by then we've built that top of mind awareness that brings them back in as just really organic, high trust relationships. So yeah, that's, that's the opportunity in our business. I really firmly believe, I really believe that when you do the right things out of a true spirit of generosity and helping, and you build trust because you really are helping and giving, those seeds of trust come back as good business. And it's not a right now thing. You have to have the patience and the fortitude to actually care about the people. And that turns into good business. So give me some of the mechanics, if you don't mind. Like I'm thinking about who would be ours. I mean, we have, we serve contractors, right? And I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast that have, I, I've been going after niched agencies yeah. for the most part. So um, as, as far as who is on this thing, um, and I think of yours is pretty niche because I don't know that many fractional CMO companies um, so when you're starting this up, what are the things that you did to yes. make it go viral? I guess, so to speak, yeah. obviously the targeting and who 
yeah. is the most important thing. How do you figure that out? And how do you kind of get the ball rolling? If, yeah. And you guys, yeah. Yeah. Well, no doubt part of our story was a happy accident that in the disruption COVID brought to our original plan, it also gave us a new path that we could accelerate within. So even though certainly this went viral, it didn't go viral at, on accident. It went viral intentionally. And all of that, if you rewind the tape, started with me asking the question, who are the people I want to build high value relationships with and build trust with that both mm -hmm. help my business and I can help their business? And then it became a specific, very targeted role inside a specific, very um, particular type of company, right? The integrator role for us within an EOS business. Once I knew the role and I knew the type of business and I knew what I could offer to help them, then it just became about getting the word out. And I was able to do that because I had already built a network of relationships starting here locally with EOS implementers and several other entrepreneurial firms. So I had a network to start with. That was just the Jennifer Zick network, right? Little regional. And then we held our first meeting and it was very valuable. And the word started to go a little further. And I, I saw the potential in that when all of a sudden by our second meeting, we had registrants from states that I didn't reach out to through people I didn't know with a lot of new names coming in. I saw that the little bit that we brought to the table was valuable and was cascading and it had the potential to go viral. I didn't then just sit back and hope that it would continue to go that direction. We leaned in. We have the advantage of being marketers. I have a loud mouth. I'm connected on social media with a lot of people. Um, I made sure that we packaged up every increment of success and retold the story over and over through my personal LinkedIn channel, through our corporate email program, through my outreach to uh, implementers and companies who run on EOS. And I just continued to invite people to invite people. And then I very thoughtfully brought forward guest speakers who were likely to attract the attention of the right kinds of people with the topics they want to hear about. So value upon value upon value compounded and communicated and shared. Um, and to date, we've kept it very easy access. The meetings are free for integrators. They've been free all along. Our costs increase because even running a virtual event once a month, you have to have staff and creative and content and, you know, it takes marketing to make it happen and logistics. So we've been fortunate as our community has grown to naturally attract several supporting partners who help offset the cost of running the events so that we can make it accessible to the community. So there is an entire ecosystem of giving and receiving and it's valuable for everybody. That's what matters when you're building a community. What, how, what are you giving of value? Value creates value. And then provision of value authentically to help others creates trust. Trust creates good business. Are these uh, Zoom or how, how are these done? Like what is the technology? Yeah, it's an interactive Zoom meeting. So it's not a webinar. People confuse those terms, right? A webinar is where presenters talk at you and deliver information and the participants sit behind the, you know, the black curtain, if you will, and they're not on camera, they're not on audio, you don't see their names. Ours are an interactive large group format. So everybody arrives on camera. Um, we have an average of 150 to 200 registrants per monthly meeting. And the format is that we welcome everyone. I'm the host. I do a little bit of housekeeping. I thank our partners. 
Um, and then we bring forward a guest speaker on a topic that I lovingly call is a pep talk meets a TED talk for integrators. It's 15 minutes of inspiration and challenge on a topic that's relevant for that executive role. Um, and then from there, we roll into uh, breakout rooms. And in every breakout room is a volunteer facilitator who is a professional business coach or EOS implementer, someone who really understands business and knows how to facilitate a room of executives. And in those rooms, we have six to eight integrators of all different sizes of companies, of all different industries across geo regions and experience levels with EOS or operating systems of any kind. And we're not there to teach an operating system. We're actually operating system agnostic. Our company runs on EOS, but we embrace all entrepreneurs who have a person who's operating the business, that second in command seat. And so we spend 55 awesome. minutes in breakout rooms and then we come back for a little bit of large group sharing and then we wrap the meeting. That's amazing. Are you guys, are you now that you have like sponsors and stuff, are you guys paying to the to the speakers ever? How do you get the best speakers basically yeah. in, in no. situations? No, um, speakers are knocking on they our door. They want to speak to these people? Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Speakers okay, are knocking on our door. Value person. Oh my goodness, can you imagine? It's a community. Yeah. Every email that goes out with an invitation is reaching 950 executives who never unsubscribe because they want to be part of this community. We have a 24-7 yeah. Slack channel where they share and solve yeah. problems and share resources. So it's, it's such a rich community because it's so highly qualified. Yeah. Um, and yeah. The partners who sponsor are hand-picked, hand-selected for shared values, a spirit of community building and helping first. Um, and at a certain level, our partners also have speaking roles within our community. They're not pitches. We never share our contact information of our participants to anyone, no matter how much they sponsor, because we believe in mm -hmm. creating a safe, non-solicitous environment for executives to thrive. And um, so we mm -hmm. encourage our partners who help fund our community to build authentic relationships. They're never going to blast our members. Okay. I'm thinking about, I, I, I obviously would love to do this for contractors, right? So, and I'm sure if people are listening, they have their own niches and they're thinking yeah. about how I can do this. So, but you think about like some of us, like for instance, for contractors, there's a lot of these, like, so yours, I don't think I've seen a lot of these for, um, it's a very good niche audience. I really like it. Um, and it's, it's awesome that you're doing that. I think about when you're competing with other communities, I, do you, you kind of yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and maybe yeah. that's a, Hey, maybe that's not the exact right thing. Maybe you need to figure yeah. out who the role is in that company. That's right. And maybe it's not the CEO because everyone wants to talk to the CEO. That is right. So first of all, at yeah. authentic brand. Now, one interesting thing is that this has grown so much that we actually created a separate entity. So now I am the owner of authentic brand, which is our, is, is my mainstay. That's my organization. An integrator community is its own organization and we flow everything through that. Um, mm -hmm. Everything comes back to, it, it doesn't matter what your business is or who you're targeting. There is white space. There is someone in your chain of influence or decision-making who influences the purchase of your services or product. There is someone that you can serve. There is someone that you can create value for. And in my business, we sell primarily to visionaries. We sell primarily to founders and CEOs. They're the ones who hire us as fractional CMOs, but their integrator is the person who's running the entire business and who usually all those executive roles report up through. They're central to the decision. They're like the number one influencer. And sometimes it is their decision. So, you know, I look at my business and like, 
sure, I would have loved to host a community for visionaries, but those exist. And I don't think, I didn't feel that I could create something that was of such unique value that it would pull a CEO's calendar as an important new ad, right? But the integrators didn't have this. And so it all comes down to finding your white space. You have to find something that nobody else is doing and do it differently and better. And that's not easy. But I literally spent a year and a half talking to people before I even put together that first what was going to be a live meeting in my office. A year and a half of listening and calling my friends who I challenging my assumptions. Like, I think I have an idea, but am I right? And through their help, shaping and reshaping and reshaping until I thought we landed on something that nobody else is doing. I love it. You're so brilliant. I, I love chatting with you. Well, thank you. I've been really lucky too. I might be smart sometimes, but also sometimes I'm just lucky. <laughs> I feel lucky a lot too. It's, it's great. Um, okay. So I led with this originally, but I kind of just want to, just because our main audience here is, is marketing agencies. We were talking about how sometimes marketing agencies, marketing for ourselves takes the back burner. Yes. And then I was also saying we do a lot of things, but some of them are far flung and not quite cohesive. So what makes a cohesive marketing strategy for a marketing agency? What have you seen working where people actually get traction? I love traction too, by yep. the way, yep. the actual system, but traction in a broader business sense towards their marketing. What have, what have you seen really does that? Because a lot of times, a lot of this feels far flung. And I guess it's probably okay. true for a lot of professional services companies that you Yes. Well, a little bit about my background for your listening audience. You've already heard it, but uh, years before starting my own business, Authentic Brand, I grew up really first in the agency world. I worked for a small web development company, and then I joined forces with two founders who started a little company called Reside, which became Magnet 360 along the way. But when we began, we were a web development company and creative agency around what we would now call digital. Didn't even have that title back then. And I was leading the creative team, project management, um, and sales for that little agency. And even then, and then as later we became Magnet360 and became a consultancy, a system implementer for Salesforce.com, we completely evolved, pivoted, got very niched, and then grew like crazy from there. So in terms of what makes an agency strategy for marketing cohesive, it begins with, as everything, a clear business strategy. The problem I see with agencies often in the formative years is they still don't know who they are and who they're trying to be when they grow up. You, a lot of early stage agencies are simply responding to what their services could do, right? Like, sure, we're capable of doing that and we will do that because our client asked us to do that. And I often use this baseball analogy and I'll use it. It's true of eight for agencies too, okay? I use this with all my clients. When we step into a fractional CMO engagement, we're often the first executive marketing leader that company has ever had. And we work across industries, but we work a lot with professional services. And often when we come into a new account, an owner or a head of sales is really nervous um, because they're afraid that if we get too focused in our marketing strategy, we're going to lose revenue opportunities. And so I tell them this baseball story. Think of your organization as a baseball team with your delivery being your outfield, which means you have a lot of things you could do that you're capable of doing, and you can cover a lot of ground left to right, right? Think of your sales team as your infield. They're going to be a little more focused on pursuing ideal clients, but they can still maneuver and shape the deal and negotiate and say yes a little bit outside the lines. 
but your marketing leader team and strategy should be your pitcher. And they should be pitching to a very tight strike zone to get all of your marketing efforts and energy focused toward your highest, most valuable, happiest kind of client engagement. Too many times agencies are just responding to what comes at them. They're over here chasing an RFP, they're over here white labeling to another agency, they're over here trying to work direct for a large enterprise and then over here trying to work for a small company. That is not sustainable and that's not a strategy. So you've got to tighten your business strategy and then tighten your marketing strategy even more. And hopefully if your agency can afford to do it, designate a specific marketing leader for your own business who's not client billable, who's not motivated to drop your marketing program because some fire comes up on a client account. You've got to draw the line between the people working on building your business and brand versus the people working on building your clients' businesses and brand. That's very hard to do in an agency, but critical. Okay, I've also seen people with very advanced marketing strategies that don't do much. They don't get a, they don't have content going out regularly. They're they're kind of lackluster on the let's say like I see I see the back ends of websites, okay? I look at <laughs> what they have as far as the amount of traffic that they have organically coming to their website. I see that with our tools and I'm like, "Damn. They could you know stop strategizing for a little bit and just like put out content you know what i mean so like that's the that's the part that i like kind of get off in the weeds on because i i get attracted to glamour metrics like traffic right 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 i right. like I, I know the the good and the bad of that right yeah, so i'm just saying right. essentially how do you balance the strategy and the execution yep what would you rather be um, built out on completely if you had to, like, I know that it has to be both, but I'm saying yeah, like, sometimes it feels like it can only be one. And then maybe that's because I talked to a lot of businesses that are 1 million to 5 million. And you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. They're in the land of execution. Years. Yeah. And yeah. so, okay, well, here's strategy is worth nothing. If it's sitting on a three ring binder or a digital file on your computer, you've got brilliant thoughts and you can't move them to action. That's worth nothing. And I'm a huge proponent of progress over perfection every day. We would much rather get something good to the market than try to get something perfect. And our competition all beats us to the market with it, right? Like too many businesses get hung up in trying to perfect a product, a service, a strategy, a campaign without just getting it out the door. Because here's the thing, marketing strategy is never one and done. It's not something you perfect in a box and then you bring it to market. Marketing strategy is created by bringing it to market. When your ideas make contact with the enemy and that's the market, you learn. And when you learn, you improve. The only way to turn the knobs on your marketing strategy is to do the marketing. And that's why we, we don't engage in client relationships that want us to build them a marketing strategy. We get calls a lot from entrepreneurial businesses that think we can just walk in a CMO who's going to build a marketing. And you know what? Some people sell this and I can't believe they sell it, but they do. We're just going to walk in. We're going to look at your business and we're going to give you the playbook. We're going to build a strategy and then you're going to execute it. That doesn't work because marketing is a living, breathing, dynamic, actionable. The strategy builds as execution flows through. Um, so that's, that's philosophically what I believe. Now, um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I will yeah, say- totally. But, but I do yeah, want to point out, yeah, 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 please. I do want to point out that there are some business models, and this comes back to my earlier point that everything, the answer always comes back to, well, what's your business strategy? Because metrics and marketing activity mean nothing unless it's aligned to your business strategy. So as an example, I've led marketing teams that are direct go to market. 
that rely on a lot of digital demand gen and lead creation and engagement and pull through content strategies to create interest and opportunity and conversion along the way. I, I've done that. I've also worked inside of professional services firms that grow almost exclusively through very strong partner channels and alliances that walk you right into SQL opportunities because they open the door and you walk in and you close them and then you grow them through really great account management, right? And expansion and ABM. Not every business has the same need for execution. In the latter example, in those businesses, my marketing budget and efforts and execution went 85% toward educating our partners things you would never see in the you would never see by looking at my website wow. metrics. Our website had very yeah. few visitors. It was just the people who yeah. came in to register for our events, right? So, not every business has the same right formula for execution that requires the same amount, but I don't know a single business that can do any good marketing without regular content creation. You're either creating it for you you have to be creating content for your stakeholders. It's just a matter of what path that content takes to open the doors at which stage in your pipeline. That's really good. I love that. Okay. So just because it's something that you posted about recently on LinkedIn, I wanted to just kind of ask for agency owner and leaders, what's the role of resting, recharging, and re-envisioning? So this is, I'm getting to the miscellaneous questions here, but um, resting, recharging, and re-envisioning there's a there's probably a lot of agency owners out here playing around burnt out so how can you what, what, how does that play in your your business and how do you do that when you know you kind of have a lot on your shoulders <laughs> it's because i have a lot on my shoulders that i need that rest um, and I know your question comes from a post I shared last week. I took what I called an extended clarity break and that clarity break terminology comes from EOS, but um, some owners and founders and visionaries find it useful to have a clarity break built into their calendar every week where they don't take meetings and they take time to sit with a notebook and, and just let their thoughts flow. That strategy has never really worked for me. I'm not disciplined enough to do that weekly, but what has worked for me is a quarterly personal retreat. I have a you know Minnesota lake cabin up north a few hours from town that gets me way out in the wilderness. Um, I love to retreat there for a few days where I clear my calendar. I don't take any meetings. I do work, but I do the kind of work that doesn't require me to keep changing gears and switching gears. And I do the kind of work where I can sit and let my brain wander. And it's important for me because I founded my business after spending two days on that little cabin retreat and searching my soul and really listening to, if I did this, what would be my purpose? And what is the end? What do I want from it? What's my big why? And it's really easy in the thick of just running your business to lose track of your purpose and your why and even your life priorities, right? So, you know, something simple I did while I was away was carve back out Friday mornings to go on a breakfast date with my husband because we're raising a family and life is crazy and business is crazy. And if you're not intentional, you lose touch with what's important. And entrepreneur life is, it can take you in a lot of directions. So I really encourage business owners and leaders to take time away to let your mind wander and your body rest and let thoughts come to you and make sure that you're still leading from a position of values, your big why, your purpose, your passion. And be brave enough to change course if you're not, if you recognize that you're not. Okay, what can I ask, what's your big why? Yeah, my big why um, in why I started my business was 
in, um, to break through the barriers that I was seeing in my own career in terms of finding the seat at the table that was ideal for me, I just decided I'm going to set my own table and build a business, that, the kind of business I want to work in for the you know rest of my career. Um, but the why that's for really authentic- cool. I just, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. But the why for authentic- I just like examples of whys because like I, so many people say that and I literally do soul search a lot about it and I never really- I mean, I have like kind of fluffy surface level ones, but it's, it feels like a very deep question. It's almost intimidating sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I want my, my business. It doesn't matter what my business does, although I love yeah. what we do, but I want my yeah. business to be a community of people who love their lives, love their work and love one another. And I don't ever want to work with assholes for the rest of my life. And I, I mean it. <laughs> That's a very good why. I like that. Um, how do you filter, just a miscellaneous question again, how do you filter assholes from working with authentic brand? Because you probably want the people that are in your company too, to yes. experience working at a place that has good culture. So how do you filter yes. that? Well, we're a values first company and they aren't just, you know, words on our walls. They, this is how we talk about our business day in and day out. It's what we celebrate when we see our values in action. It's how we hire. It's why we fire if we need to. And that's for clients and team members. And because we have built from day one, from a value-centric perspective, our employees, they protect those values and they can sniff, sniff out when values are not in action, right? Like our team is fiercely... Um, protective of the culture that we've created here. And so I don't have to be a, a values dictator. Uh, everybody wants to uphold and grow from that values base. And so, you know, we one of our values is humility. And part of that is that we don't always get it right, but we always work to make it right. So sometimes mm -hmm. we do engage with clients who then demonstrate that they don't share our values. And I've had to fire some clients. And so that's how we make it real is sometimes we do find ourselves working with people that aren't treating our team respectfully or don't value the role that we contribute in their business or can't themselves be humble and receive the input that our team can give them to help them grow. Um, we've rarely had to fire a client, but when we do, I'm really grateful that I'm able to point to our values and have honest conversations. And thankfully we've always landed in a soft space with people because we respect people and we want the best for them. And if it's not a fit, it's not gonna be the best for them. Love that. But how do you get your team to want to post on social? Uh-huh. Well, this is a hot topic in our business. Our team has recently become 100% W2. Everybody's all in. We all want to see authentic brand grow. It's good for all of us to be what we call active advocates. But let me tell you this, I, full confession, posting and sharing and being socially connected comes naturally to me. It's in my DNA. I'm both a marketer and a seller. And I've always been the kind of person who, you know, is an open book. Like I don't have boundaries that make me feel like I want to be a different person in different contexts, right? And, and I, um, I don't feel intimidated about sharing and posting on social media. So part of me working with my employees to get them to want to post and share and advocate for our brand has been, first of all, accepting that not everybody's going to feel how I feel. They're not going to share the same level of comfort and it doesn't come naturally and what motivates me might not motivate them. The second most important thing is that I would never mandate 
that any of my team members post on social media. Their social channels are their personal social channels connected to our brand. The only way to get people to want to is to first have them truly love your brand and your business and want to share that with the world because you have something of value that they can offer that helps others and helps them and elevates their personal brand by association. Um, companies who are mandating employees to post on their personal social media channels are doing it wrong. So we want to attract with honey, right? And so we're doing some fun things at Authentic Brand. First of all, we create tons of great content. So it makes it easy for them to grab and go. Like there's always something of value and quality that they can share and repost. Mm -hmm. I lead by example. I'm prolifically posting on LinkedIn. So they always have something they can grab of mine, like share, repackage. Um, and then we just recently rolled out a leaderboard, a leaderboard. And that leaderboard is a fun way for just internal motivation to award points to our team members for all the actions we want them to take as active advocates at an authentic brand. So that is, um, you know, opening doors to new client opportunities. It's posting on social media. It's contributing thought leadership to our own content. It's um, Mindshare helping to work with a peer on solving a strategic challenge for a client. All the things that we want our team members to exhibit in living our values, we award some points to that. And we have this fun little leaderboard internal competition and it gets people fired up. They just become more aware of, oh yes. Do you have a prize at the end of that? Yeah, oh yeah, we've got prizes. So, okay. and this is all led by the our- prizes have to be get people really motivated. <laughs> They don't have to be big trips to fancy places. You know, truly, okay. when you have employees who feel heard, seen, loved, supported, and they're passionate about what your business does and the big why and the purpose you bring to the world, for us, it's to help marketers love their lives and love their work and help entrepreneurial businesses overcome random acts of marketing and achieve growth. Our employees believe in those missions. They believe in our why. And when you get people who believe and then you just equip them and you invite them to be an advocate, people will rise to the occasion. But if you've got a culture of mandates and you know it's, it's driven by expectation rather than invitation, it won't work. It just won't work and it won't feel authentic. I love that. So you provided an insane amount of value in a short amount of time. Thank you so much for joining. For those who want to check out your company and potentially the integrator community, can you give the links or wherever? Yeah. Um, there we go yeah. for those. To learn more about what we do as fractional CMOs, they can visit authenticbrand.com. That's all one word. It's not plural, authenticbrand.com. For those who hold the second in command seat in an entrepreneurial business and their title is something like integrator or COO or CFO or whatever, but they're the person making the operations happen please come visit us at integratorcommunity.com. Awesome. And of course, if you're interested, um, Jennifer and her team serve technology um, companies and professional services companies, including agencies, from what I understand. And so get a hold of them if you need their services as well. Thank you. Um, and yeah, thank you for being on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I hope it helps everybody continue on their growth path. Thank you. <laughs>